Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our Provoke the Pastor series. This week, Pastor Jim follows up on a previous message on educating your children. He also answers the following congregational questions. Number one, what doctrines are essential? Number two, why has God allowed such confusion in the church? Number three, should we stand up and speak the truth to our employers and the culture? Number four, how do I know whether or not I am saved? Number five, does the Holy Spirit interact with a believer beyond revealing scripture? Please listen to today's portion of this week's message entitled, You Asked For It. The school needs to understand the parents are the ones responsible. The school is there to serve the parents. And when someone turns that upside down and says, you parents are either just um, too unenlightened to understand how important all of this stuff is, like teaching your kids Buddhism, or um, that you are the enemy of what they're trying to do, if you can't crack that wall, it may be time to leave. But you may also find that by speaking up, there are other people who understand and agree with you. So this isn't, as I say, a formula, but watch out for things because that's the general direction that things are heading. When you encounter teachers or administrators who oppose you and your children for standing for biblical morality, uh, the order of, of, of creation, that there are two genders, not 72 or whatever it is, it might be time to leave. You may have heard about the teacher in Ireland who was jailed, not suspended, not reprimanded, not fined, fired and jailed for the horrible crime of refusing to use preferred pronouns for students. In some places, children have been suspended or expelled for that same reason or for opposing letting boys use girls' bathrooms and locker rooms. A local teacher told me of instructions from the principal at the beginning of this year regarding the use of pronouns. And that's, that's here, and we're in one of the most conservative states uh, around. Um, and that now they are to understand that a child can choose to change genders at any time and must be treated accordingly. It may be very difficult to continue to be a Christian in that environment. The point is that some things are so far removed from the purpose of education. Some things are so flagrantly opposed to truth and rationality and, and, and common sense and decency that when they are thrown in your face or in the face of your children, it may be best for you to change direction. Now, you may also choose to stick it out in order to be a voice for truth and righteousness and the gospel uh, until the time comes that you are forced out. That is some people's mindset. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to continue speaking until they won't let me. 
Um, some are, are uh, abandoning the system much more uh, quickly than that. We support you. We understand there are different things in play in every family and in every situation, but you're going to need a lot of wisdom and a lot of resolve and a lot of grace if you take the path of, I'm going to stand my ground until they force me out. We'd rather not you be jailed if it should come to that. And please, don't use your children as bait to create an opportunity for you to have a confrontation so that you can be on the next viral video for getting thrown out of the school board meeting. Um, I heard this week of several excellent victories of parents against school boards on things like celebrating gay pride and the like, uh, and good on those people who stood up and spoke truth. And, and I pray that that becomes a thing, that things, the people like that are, are winning. Uh, the Christians among them in a situation like that, they have gained a credible platform for evangelism by doing that. Well, why, why would you hold such a radical viewpoint? Well, actually, I'm glad you asked. It isn't really a radical viewpoint. It's actually been around for a couple thousand years. And I have a book about it. May I show it to you? Um, that's credibility. So think that through as needed. And remember, whatever choice you make, you don't have a choice. Your home is the most important school your child will ever attend, and you are the ones responsible. All right. Now, questions. Let's just run off in a few directions here, shall we? And I always say, if you doze off and you wake up, you're going to think you went, you're in a different place when you, get, when you come back. So here we go. A couple of very helpful questions. Here's one. Tens of thousands of churches declare themselves to be the true church, and yet the differences between them, beliefs, doctrine, meaning, can be (laughs) distinct and significant. And the people who worship at each of these churches is inspired to believe in their church. How can a Christian know which church is truly of Christ, and why has God allowed such confusion to exist? All right, let me tackle that. First, I'm going to quibble with the tens of thousands of distinct claims to be the true church. But I get the idea. What if it's only thousands? What if it's only hundreds? The crucial issue is how to know a church is truly a Christian church. Now, understand there's a couple of uh, channels of the answer to that question. One is there is only one true church. It is the body of Christ. It is a supernatural thing. It is comprised of the spiritual unity of every person who is adopted into the spiritual body of Christ from the beginning of the church in the book of Acts to the rapture of the church. That one is often called the invisible church in that it doesn't have a building and a wall and a sign on it. It's, it's It's a spiritual union. And we call it the invisible church to distinguish it from the local church, which is the other part of the answer to the question, and that's the hard part of the answer to the question. The local church is every visible congregation which includes those who profess faith in Christ in a given location. It is those people who belong to the invisible church who are gathered together in a particular locale. Now, some of them may not truly be believing the gospel it gets complicated. Satan hates the church, and he is a tremendous counterfeiter. So, of course, he tries to sow as much confusion as he can. So, that brings up the issue of essential doctrine. 
what must a church hold to in order to be truly part of the body of Christ? Now, I promised short answers, so I made up a list of some bullet points. Please feel free to take this and flesh it out and add to it. Uh, It certainly makes for uh, fascinating discussions and often contributes to crucial decisions that people make, like where am I going to commit my service to the Lord, my, my contributions, what, the, what environment am I going to have my children in when we, when we come to church. So it is legitimate to ask what doctrines are essential. I had this list so I could go through it real fast, and then I always get up on Sunday morning, and I'm praying, and I'm writing, and well, today one of my brain cells fired, and I thought, oh, I wish I'd put this in there, but I didn't. Uh, in these days, you can do a lot of research about local churches via the internet. I always say you, you can never choose a church via internet. You certainly can't attend one via internet. That's a whole other subject that we've addressed many times. But you can certainly eliminate choices in that, in that way. And uh, a couple of things. People will often suggest, well, uh, Jim, you might want to see this sermon. You might want to hear this guy or whatever. And, and I, I can't always do all of them. But if I do, and if I go look at it, and if, I, if, I, it's, if it's a, a, a video of a, of a church service, if I turn it on and I see a guy up front wearing a T-shirt, shorts, and flip-flops, I'm done. I'm done. I have no respect to listen to a man claiming to proclaim the word of Almighty God who doesn't have enough respect to look like he didn't just come from the beach when he's doing that. That, uh, you know, that's me. Can a person in flip-flop and shorts and t-shirt preach the gospel? I hope so. I've been a camp too. Uh, But when we come together as the church, it is the most important gathering of the week for every single believer in Jesus Christ. Nothing else you do in the week is of as much importance as this. And we are here, and if you're standing behind this big wooden box, even if yours is little or plexiglass, if you're standing here, you are proclaiming on behalf of God Almighty. Let's act like we're doing that. So there's a, there's a view of the dignity and the glory of God that I think ought to be important. Uh, there's also, I've, I've told you this story, and uh, the person's in the room, so I will not uh, uh, cause partic- undeserved embarrassment, but somebody told me in looking for a church, uh, when, we, when we arrived in the, in the Boise area, we looked at a lot of things online, and whenever I would start to listen to a sermon, I would start a stopwatch, and I would let it run until the pastor made the first reference to the scriptures. We won, okay? And I'm happy about that. What else do you have to say on behalf of God other than His Word? All right, get to your list, Harris, or you're never going to get done. All right, essential doctrines. All right, number one would be, and you can argue whether one should be one or two or three. Put these together. This should be on your list. The inspiration of the Bible. It is given by God uh, through human instruments. See 2 Peter 1.21, holy men of old were moved by the Holy Spirit to write the Scriptures. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17, it was all uh, breathed out by God, and it is profitable, and it equips us for every good work. And I would include in that, if we talk about the, in, the inspiration of the Bible, don't accept somebody saying that if they won't also cop to inerrancy. God cannot err. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.